Hello, and welcome to Notes in the Week Ahead, a JP Morgan Asset Management podcast that provides insights on the markets and the economy to help you stay informed in the week ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at JP Morgan Asset Management. Today is August 8th, 2023. To be a good long term investor, you need courage and you need brains. However, you need them in different quantities at different times. In the depths of a bear market, you mostly need courage since it's almost a no-brainer that the economy will recover and will lift financial assets with it. In a bull market, it's mostly about brains since while people are less haunted by economic fears, valuations are higher, increasingly need to be more discriminating in both asset allocation and security selection. Over the course of the last year, we've been transitioning both by the numbers and psychologically from a bear market to a bull market. Economic worries have faded. However, in their place, there is an anxiety about stretched valuations and a concern about missing the boat. Overall, we continue to see investment opportunities. However, it is a narrower set of opportunities than existed nine months ago, making it more important that investors are disciplined going forward. Economic data have recently been very reassuring, with CPI inflation falling to 3% year over year in June, a strong 2.4% annualized gain in real GDP in the second quarter, and a solid, although not too exuberant, monthly jobs report for July. This week, the focus will be on inflation. Following 12 straight months of declines, we believe headline year-over-year CPI inflation rose to 3.3% in July from 3% in June, largely reflecting higher gasoline prices. However, core CPI inflation likely continued to moderate, reflecting lower new and used car prices and a decline in housing inflation. A slow global economy, as revealed in last week's composite PMI readings, suggests that goods inflation will ease in the months ahead. Overall, we expect CPI inflation to hover at close to 3% year-over-year for the rest of this year, before falling to close to 2% by the end of 2024. We also expect inflation, as calculated by the Fed's preferred measure, the personal consumption deflator, to fall to the Fed's 2% target by next summer. With all of this, it looks increasingly likely that the U.S. economy will avoid entering recession in 2023 and might avoid it in 2024 also. Moreover, while it remains a very close call as to whether the Fed will raise interest rates one more time in 2023, lower inflation suggests that the Fed will cut rates in 2024. All of this has boosted consumer confidence, with the University of Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Index registering a reading of 71.6 in July, well above its all-time low of 50, set in June of 2022. Moreover, as noted this month by the director of the survey, Joanne Shu, while sentiment was uniformly low across all income levels last summer, sentiment has bad much more strongly for households in the top third of the income distribution in recent months. This is important for investing since historically, very low consumer sentiment has been an excellent predictor of above-average stock market returns, as we show on page 27 of the Guide to the Markets. As of this morning, the S&P 500 is up more than 26% from its low of last October, is less than 6% below its all-time high set at the start of 2022, and sports a forward P.E. ratio of 19.2 times, compared to a 25-year average of 16.8. In short, investor confidence is no longer dismal, and broad valuations are no longer cheap. In this kind of market, courage is less vital, and looking carefully at valuations becomes much more important. A good place to start is with U.S. equities. The overall market at 19.2 times forward earnings isn't cheap. 
However, as has increasingly been the case in recent years, there is a huge difference between mega cap stocks and everything else. In particular, as we show on page 11 of the Guide to the Markets, while the top 10 stocks in the S&P 500 are currently selling at a forward P.E. ratio of 27.8 times, the rest of the stocks traded a much more reasonable 18.0 times. Given the difficulty that mega-cap stocks should have in generating far above trend earnings growth in the long run, a 50% premium in P.E. ratios seems excessive. An additional problem, of course, is that as their valuations have grown, so has their weight in the index. Ten years ago, the top 10 stocks accounted for 18.3% of the market cap of the S&P 500. Today, that number is 31.5%. Consequently, high valuations among mega-cap stocks pose a risk not just for those buying those individual stocks, but for anyone passively investing in the index itself. A more active approach that underweights the most obviously overvalued names would seem to make more sense. On the fixed income side, the first piece of good news is that, for the first time in a long time, high-quality bonds are providing attractive yields. Both 10-year tip yields at over 1.6% and 10-year nominal treasury yields at over 4% are among the highest seen since the great financial crisis. This provides investors with a reasonable income, for as long as the Federal Reserve maintains a restrictive monetary policy, and the potential for a nice capital gain when, inevitably, the economy stumbles and the Fed moves back to a more neutral policy. While this is an argument for investing in high-quality, long-duration fixed income, the story is more complicated when it comes to high yield. High yield spreads at roughly 4.3% over treasuries are well below their average of 5.7% seen since 1990. Admittedly, default rates at 2.3% are also well below their long-term average. However, recovery rates for defaulted bonds are very low, and if and when the economy enters recession, defaults could see a significant surge. After leading their U.S. counterparts in 2022, international equities are lagging so far this year. The outperformance in 2022 had a lot to do with the late-year tumble in the U.S. dollar. However, having fallen roughly 10% between September 2022 and February 2023, the U.S. dollar has moved sideways since then. That being said, it appears that inflation will be stickier in other developed countries than in the U.S., and that Europe, the U.K., and Japan should see less monetary easing in 2024 than would be provided by the Fed. This should lead to a resumption of the dollar decline. In meanwhile, China continues to face problems. The Indian economy, however, is booming. In broad terms, economic prospects look at least as bright overseas as in the US. It's also notable that non-US stocks are selling at close to a record valuation discount to the US, with the Acqui XUS index trading at a forward PE of 12.9 times compared to 19.2 times in the US. With more than double the dividend yield of U.S. stocks, international stocks can generate significant income in the short run, with the potential for a sizable capital gain with a closing of the relative valuation gap, a further fall in the dollar, or both. Higher valuations among publicly traded U.S. equities also increase the attractiveness of alternative investments. As we show on page 58 of the Guide to the Markets, adding a sleeve of alternatives to a portfolio can generally provide a better risk-return profile while also generating significant income for a portfolio. Finally, even with higher valuations, long-term investors should resist the urge to hide out in cash. Cash is, of course, looking attractive, with short-term yields of more than 5% available. However, as we show on page 67 of the guide, looking at every rate hiking cycle over the past 40 years at the point of peak CD yields, there have always been better returns available elsewhere over the following 12 months. This should also be the case today. 
At his post-FOMC press conference two weeks ago, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell noted that when the Fed sees a credible and sustainable decline in inflation towards a 2% target, it can bring the federal funds rate down to a neutral level. According to the Fed's summary of economic projections, that neutral level is 2.5% in the long run, less than half of today's rate. And while we don't expect rates to fall quickly to that level, we do expect to see significant rate cuts in 2024 and beyond. We feel confident that next year we'll see a continued reduction in inflation. We are less confident that this can be achieved without a recession or a market correction. All long-term asset classes should eventually benefit from easier monetary policy. However, with broad equity market valuations now elevated, it's more important than ever that investors be active, selective, and diversified as they build portfolios designed to meet the challenges of a bull rather than a bear market. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content is intended for information only based on assumptions in current market conditions and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate, including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide.